0: Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock I of Talk. Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, on AM 1600, K-I-V-A, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. And we're here with Power of the Future, Larry Behrens, here on a Friday afternoon. And I'm glad to be here with uh, Larry as we wrap the week and talk a little bit about what's happening uh, and what's new here at Power of the Future. By the way, uh, Daniel Turner, who's head of Power of the Future, was here in our environs and... Uh, Say good morning to Larry, and uh, I guess good morning to the now-departed and aforementioned uh, Daniel Turner. Good morning, Larry.
1: Yeah, he he, he he comes in to check on me every once in a while, make sure I'm behaving a little bit. You know, he, he didn't tell me anything terrible to my face, and so I think uh, I'll, I'll be all right for a little while. But no, we come in, we talk to uh, those who are in the energy industry here in New Mexico and what's going on, and all the, the stuff that you and I talk about all the time, Eddie, the, the ins and outs of the politics of it, uh, the real-world consequences of the Green Movement and everything. And so, yeah, it was uh, another educational week for us, and we saw some interesting things that we'd love to talk about.
0: Did he uh, uh, subject himself to the 14-day quarantine uh, within a day or two that he was here?
1: I could neither confirm nor deny. Oh, okay. That to, you know, to, <laughs> to, to talk to. we uh, We, you know, we abide by rules here.
0: Rules, rules, <laughs> laws. And the Supreme Court this week uh, actually stated that anything that flies out of Michelle Lujan Grisham, our governoress's mouth, at any time is now law. When she talks, it's law. Uh, anything. Kind you of know, an amazing I, 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 ruling that came this week.
1: I think it's unless you protest, right? And then everything's okay. Yes, if you, if you yes, right. protest, uh, you should be perfectly fine. Uh, to, to do whatever you want. And, you know, you saw that this week, and I saw that, too. Some good national coverage for our governor and the double standards that she applies, right? Uh, campaigning, bad, protesting, good. And that is the double standards we've been living under for nearly five months now here in New Mexico. New Mexicans are sick of it. You know they're sick of it. I do. Walking around and talking to people, we know they're not, they're just not going to put up with it uh, anymore. And And kudos to those who are taking it to the Supreme Court to to fight, you know, a $5,000 fine to, on, on working families. Those are your small business owners. I mean, what could be more anti-business than what this governor has done to say, you have to shut down until I say you can open up. It doesn't matter if you can figure out a way to safely operate or not. You have to keep your business shut down for an indeterminate amount of time. Maybe I'll talk to you about it. Maybe I won't. And well, well I'm not sure. Oh, maybe by the yeah. way, she's still collecting her paycheck, right? right?
0: She has yet to miss a paycheck, as do many of the people who work for the state, many of the people who work for the city, many of the educators who are out there, the teachers who don't want to, what? They don't want to go to work. They're like, oh my God, I can get this paycheck and I never have to leave and I don't have to get ready for work and I don't have to put up with the behavior of the kids. Like, you know, everyone's getting a lot more for a lot less, except for the restaurants are getting screwed. The uh, private businesses are getting screwed. And you're going to look, look, what do we lose? 40 million jobs? I bet half of those jobs, Larry, and I know I'm right, and seldom am I wrong, I bet half those jobs never come back.
1: They don't. They won't come back in the way that, that they were there before, right? Someone is going to have to scramble and, and try to figure out a new way to make a living. And it doesn't, I guess it doesn't matter to those who are keeping um, New Mexico under their thumb that says, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a working mother, it doesn't matter if it's a working father, people trying to make ends meet, someone trying to pay their way through college. Right. It doesn't, none of that even matters anymore. It's those who are still collecting paychecks telling those of us who are fighting for ours. Yep how to live their life, and New Mexicans, I, you know, I, I keep repeating New Mexicans are getting sick of it. That's not just yeah. a mantra. I walk around, and I talk to people, I see people, and you, you talked about the schools. Today, you know, my kids started school, and this week has just been, um, I, I, I'm not going to mention the district, but I love my school district, but they're scrambling to try to figure yeah. out what to do, right. because they don't know what's going to come out of her mouth every week, and so... Kids didn't get schedules until this week, you know, two or three days before they start school. Kids, you know, had to go to drop off textbooks to the school, then go back to get a Chromebook, and then go back to get a schedule. And it was just these huge lines of people trying to get into to go to school for the whole reason of keeping them away from school. It, makes, it, it just makes zero sense.
0: What are people, I have to ask, oh, why are people even putting up with this? Uh, it just, and why do people need Chromebooks? I, honestly, think about this. If they're going to go using the Chromebooks, are they trying to connect to their teacher? I don't think they realize there's so much technology and so much planning, and you know all this mad scrambling inefficiency, so that they can c- compete with the likes of on the all online charter school uh, academies that have already been doing this more efficiently. Uh, efficiently, so now we've got public schools trying to become a charter school, and this entire time, and not that this is a charter school program, but we've been trying to get ourselves into a position where from the Albuquerque Public School, which is posting a $14.5 million deficit in funding, and, you know, all these other schools that are out there, you're looking at them, and they're like, they're trying to become the very charter schools that they have tried to sideline.
1: You're absolutely right. It is it is incredible to watch. And, and I mean, there's so much to unpack there. And I'm trying not to, to let my bitterness show, because when I worked in the administration, the Susanna Martinez administration, I had the opportunity to serve in the public education department. And we had the rest
0: ra- Oh, we lost you, Larry. Larry, are you there? Come on, Larry. Reconnect. We're live. <laughs> we got we got Larry with a very uh, surprised look. We'll uh, we'll we'll see him uh, checking again. Hopefully, very quickly here. We'll see uh, if he's coming in. Let's see if uh, Larry... Gotta love this technology. I, I got to tell you, this is absolutely amazing. We'll see if uh, Larry. Joins back in uh, here shortly. Um uh, but this is Larry Behrens, uh Power of the Future here. Um and I do a lot of recording, folks, so I'm talking all the time. I know that, you know, we're live right now on Facebook and there's a, you know let's see. Oh I uh, I didn't drop you, Larry, you just just disconnected. So we'll wait for him. And so he he texts in right away and shows that hey, there you go. Then I got my flight alerts as well. N three nine seven P also coming. There comes Larry. Larry, there you are, Larry. See if we can get you uh, back in.
1: Yeah, I don't know what, what happened there. I apologize. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. You, you, you not froze.
0: Yeah, you, that? You froze. Oh, I froze. Yeah, and I, by I, the I, way, we're live on uh, Facebook Live right now, so just uh, oh, FYI. Okay. Yeah, so put this level oh, out there. Okay. All right. Well, Go ahead. Take know, it uh, with – you were talking about bitterness and talking about charter yeah. schools and, and take yeah. it away.
1: Well, I just – the phrase we heard from the teachers and, and the administrators then was – We can't do this because you guys are trying to um, build a plane while we're in the air. They were trying to say that this was a half-constructed idea, and you know we need lots of time to do this. But you know what? We could shut down the whole system. We can make it so that kids can't even step in the building, and we can make it so that we have to figure out a whole new way of teaching them within just a few months and change that maybe week by week, and that's perfectly okay. The the fact of the matter is that these teachers' unions want to obstruct when it comes to being accountable and making yep. things better. And then when it comes to helping students, they continue to want to obstruct. That is their number one goal. And if you think the teachers' unions' leadership are in it for your students, you need to take a closer look.
0: Yeah, that's uh, they're all about making sure they get paid. And, oh, we should be protecting their health as well uh, right now. Needless to say, the fact that you know the real stats are, is that there hasn't been one transmission from a child to a teacher. But we digress. We've got important news to talk about here in Power of the Future. We do have to talk about energy. Uh, I had some stuff that I uh, floated this week, and wanted to get your thoughts before we get to your agenda, if you don't mind, Larry. And uh, That had a lot to do with, we, we're talking about the, the crash of oil uh, overall, and I think a lot of people you know, really haven't realized that there's been a collapse of oil. Two, two, two big stories this week. British Petroleum, BP, reporting a $17.7 billion loss. One of the worst quarters ever for BP. Reported losses and warned of more pain to come. And then U.S. crude oil production has uh, had a record monthly decrease. Not since 1980. January of 1980 has uh, uh, oil decreased to the tune of 2 million barrels a day. Absolutely unbelievable. Let's get Larry Barron's take on that.
1: Yeah, just a, a couple of things and, and it may seem like the same problem and in a little a little bit it is but actually, not. Let's take a look at BP. The fact of the matter is, British Petroleum has decided to take a huge bow to the green movement. And I'm not saying just a, a courtesy solar farm here or there. They are saying we are moving out of the petroleum industry, extractive industries. We're not going to explore anymore. We're not going to be uh, developing any of the resources that we possibly could because we want to go green. Well, now you see the financial reward for that. Now you see how investors really feel. And when every environmentalist will come to you and say, boy, this is the future. This is right. the way. Look no further than BP because people know when you do the math that the renewables just don't add up. And we know that here in New Mexico. It's 0.01% of our state budget comes from renewables when over 40% comes from the fossil fuel industry and the workers that make that happen. And so it, it, it does. you cannot throw a switch, no pun intended, and turn that money from one direction to another because the renewables just don't produce the jobs, they don't produce the revenue, and they don't produce the electricity. So the barrel of oil and the production, let's just be honest about that. Coronavirus has just completely smashed the demand yep. for, for the products. Right. And someone say, well, that's just a market reaction. And, and, you know, I would agree to a very small point. I would say it was a market reaction in March or April, when people were shutting down because we didn't know what we're dealing with, now as governors uh, in places like New Mexico keep the the economy under their thumb and keep it shut down, that artificially keeps demand down. And so the the good news is we are seeing the price of a barrel of oil. I think as we talk today, it's gone up over forty two dollars. Forty two dollars, right? But let's be honest. We've had months where it was going along great, a dip, and then now that price is back to. Hopefully a little closer to the normal, but uh, the other part of that, let's just be honest, this little dip that we've had where New Mexico had to have a special session, where record numbers of New Mexicans lost jobs and couldn't get help from unemployment, where the energy industry was just, you know, punched right in the face from both coronavirus and the radical eco-left, that is a taste of what would happen under a President Biden. If you wanted a free trial of what a President Biden would do to the energy industry, look no further than the last three months, and that's exactly what we have. And so you're absolutely right; the the production numbers are concerning because the uh, the demand just isn't there yet. But as places hopefully come back. I'll say, online, as they everyone hopefully gets back to work in maybe more rational states where they have more rational leadership than New Mexico, things will improve and the market will then start to dictate what happens as opposed to uh, a state house in Santa Fe deciding who should have a job and who shouldn't.
0: Are we still like two or three years away from all of what's happened in the oil business? Uh, from April to May, we saw the futures trade down substantially. I mean, are we at a point where this is... Uh, it, as the oil professionals are saying, two to three years hence. I mean, we've seen Hobbs decimated. We're down to one refinery in Artesia. And then when you look out uh, to what happened earlier this week, we've had the shuttering of an oil plant out uh, near Gallup, of all places, uh, this week. And that was really, I think, the biggest uh, biggest news overall. I drive past that uh, oil refinery in Gallup all the time. You know, when I was driving uh, back and forth to Arizona and Las Vegas, I mean, it's been there for years. This uh, Marathon Petroleum uh, is shutting, deciding to go ahead and shut that down. And that's a clear signal that uh, there's no confidence in the oil industry as far as I'm concerned for the next few years.
1: Absolutely. And, and let's just be honest, the eco-left is cheering that, right? They're, they're happy when people lose jobs, when New Mexico's families have to struggle to get out of the energy industry and find something new. And sometimes they've been in that industry for decades and sometimes multi-generational, right? right. Mom, dad, grandma and grandpa worked in that industry. Well, eco-left doesn't care. They're gone. But to your question, you know, what does it look like two to three years to recover? I know lots of people are saying that. I I wish, you know, if I had the insider information, I would be able to, I would tell you first and I would tell your audience first what it looks like. My experience has been that the market does a pretty good job when government gets out of the way. Of dictating what works and what doesn't. And when the government hopefully gets out of the way due to the coronavirus, mm-hmm. then people will be able to pick the energy they want and do what they want, minus, you know, of course the ETA in New Mexico. But things I, I, I hope will improve faster. And you know, there are people who have looked at this industry and been in the business longer than I have who are saying two to three years. Um, my hope is that that's not the case. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the glass half full approach on it because I I've seen, you know, and you have too. I've met with the workers, I've met with the business owners, and I've met with the people in the New Mexico communities. They are eager to work. They are eager to get back to making a difference for not only our state, but our country in energy independence. And so all they need is for government to get out of the way.
0: He's Larry Behrens. He is the Western States Director for Power of the Future, and uh, we are lacking power right now. How ironic it is that uh, we've been throwing that uh, word around, and uh, we've lost all power here in the state of New Mexico, not just from the Supreme Court, but also from these companies being able to fight back. We have, uh, they've top-loaded the Supreme Court. They've top-loaded everything else, and it's impacting everything. So this election, less than 90 days now, votes really matter, folks, and uh, people need to realize that. And there's ways that you can get involved. you got to start volunteering. you got to start getting involved in the campaigns. And you start. You got to start caring about the future of this state because uh, you're looking at the future of the state under a Biden administration. And let's get back to the eco-left, talking about solar, being affordable, and why in a Biden administration, in a Michelle Lujan-Grisham economy, in a 2045, 100% green energy, which – contributes 0.01% of the state budget, why you, as a consumer, will be forced to buy it, Larry?
1: Because the government's mandated it. Michelle Lujan Grisham, Public Regulation Commission, have said you have to. Their product is so affordable that they have to use the power of government to force you to buy it. And the equivalent would be, you know what, I love the Big Mac, I love the Whopper. I don't want Michelle Luan Grisham telling me which one to buy. But if she did, that would be like saying, oh, you have to buy this one, you can't buy the other one. And then saying, you know, oh, well, this other one's more affordable. It's heavily subsidized by the government. It gets a ton of tax credits that, of course, flow out of our state. And they have to force it down your throat while telling you it's more affordable New Mexicans know better. They can look at their budget and decide what is more affordable. So I'll just throw this out there. When you get that bill, I mean, I, I would argue to New Mexicans, I would, if you can, go back a month or two. But if you can't do it now, hold on to that p and bill. Print it out or, or hold on to the one they send you in the mail. Look at it a year from now and tell me if it's the same thing because I will bet you that it will be higher. That's happened year. Everywhere In California, residential customers pay nearly 49% more than the national average because they've done the same things that we're trying to do here in New Mexico. And I'm sorry to tell you, Eddie, in California, business customers pay nearly 70% above the national average for their electricity because it is more affordable. It doesn't work.
0: Absolutely insane, uh, Larry. We're going to pay more and get a whole lot less and then be restricted. Uh, How long is it going to be before we're not allowed to use our cars, our fossil fuel uh, cars? And i got to say, New Mexico is going to be one of the worst. Uh, We did have something efficient uh, take place that we really can't use because you can't be out and about. We installed the Portland loo. In Old Town, and you know, becoming more like Portland. Yeah, did you? You didn't hear about this toilet that they I, I, installed I, I, <laughs> that was to, to the tune of. Uh, you know we're first I adopters, didn't. just I, like. I read a headline. Yeah, uh, no, uh, you want to go uh, green uh, energy, everything. You want to go ahead and, uh, and have the, uh, the the portable toilet out there. That's what you want to spend. You know we're going to be early adopters of this stuff, Larry. And so I imagine it's just a matter wow. of time that not only are you going to be required to buy solar energy, but you're going to be forced to get rid of your car, or you're going to have to pay like a premium or a penalty, or there's only going to be Tesla charging station or whatever. You know, newfangled. I, um, my children are definitely not going to be, if they live here in the state of New Mexico, be driving fossil fuel driven vehicles.
1: Yeah, and that's, and that, well, let's get to the philosophical point of it. If you choose that, okay, choose that. But and, and they won't just come out and outlaw the car, right? What they'll do is the same thing that they've done to coal, same thing they've done to logging, same thing they try to do to agriculture, oil, every other industry they don't like. They try to throw, I'll just call them add-ons, monetary add-ons. It's like, okay, here's an extra dollar here, an extra $10 there, an extra $0.10 cents there. Right. So it's unaffordable. So your fossil fuel car, even though it's more affordable, if all things were equal, what are they going to do? They'll throw a carbon tax on it. They'll throw a gasoline tax on it to make it so that, well, I just can't afford this, this fossil fuel thing. Then they'll tell you, oh, it's the market. It wasn't us. Well, no, it was probably the 30 to 40 to $0.50 cents per gallon tax. You've thrown on it, and by the way, who is you know, paying for the electricity when you get those electric vehicles? And you know, they're going to force you to go that way, and they're not going to say it. They're, it's the equivalent of saying, "You know what? I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to take all the oxygen out of the room." Right. Now the symptoms is they like to have their hands off and, and try to pretend their fingerprints aren't all over what is happening to our economy and to our way of life.
0: So yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible. Powerthefuture. dot com. They have changed the way of life uh, for us moving forward. Unless you fight back uh, going forward, uh, this is what the future looks like. So we got to power it in a much different way. And there's hundreds of New Mexicans right now, not, no New Mexicans right now, demanding Governor Luhan Grisham respond to Joe Biden's radical green agenda. This was early in the week. Seven hundred New Mexicans have signed this petition.
1: Absolutely. So Joe Biden has an agenda that says no drilling on federal land. Well, that's over 30% of New Mexico's land. He has an agenda that says he's going to end fracking. Well, that's a huge part of our development here in New Mexico. So it's going to devastate our economy. And that's why when we were talking... Uh, you know, earlier, you want to see your know, negative prices for oil, uh, hard to find a job and, and hard to make ends meet. That's the the six week, you know, free trial of the Joe Biden presidency. That's what we're going to experience. And you know what? I, we had a special session because we took in New Mexico a record budget surplus, thanks to the energy industry, and turned it into a record budget deficit in 18 months. That's how quickly the leadership in Santa Fe did that. And so they ha- th- that's just gonna be the new normal under the Biden administration. And, you know, it's no wonder that the governor wants to audition for a job with them, so she doesn't have to create the next budget that we're all going to have to live under. But the fact of the matter is, she hasn't had to answer for that. Not a single reporter has asked her about that. And she deserves, or, you know, if she wants to be his vice president or a secretary of whatever, she should have to answer for, are you going to support Joe Biden? Are you going to support the biggest industry in your state that makes a difference for for the Police, school children, and every other thing that we do in New Mexico, and it looks like so far she wants to stay silent on that while still, you know, being a part of Biden fundraisers.
0: Yeah, and that's what she did. Uh, speaking of that uh, Biden fundraiser, uh, Larry, do we ever get a number on how well she did?
1: No, they'll never tell us. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll see the 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 mass numbers, but I, I can tell you, I personally haven't heard. Um, what she, uh, you know, what what the drawing on that was? I can tell you that they encouraged people to donate up to I want to say it was fifty six hundred dollars, which I think is the federal limit to be a, a guest to hear the governor and a congressman from New York describe clean energy. And so, you know, while my kids can't go to school and the restaurants can't open and people can't find work, it's nice to know our governor has the time to spend talking. Clean energy to raise money for Joe Biden. At least someone's making money from the governor.
0: I think uh, we're looking at uh, the choice for VP maybe coming down this next week, or it might get extended again. So because we're waiting for Michelle Obama to finally get ready, uh, she just started her podcast, launched books, uh, she's done all these kind of things. I think they're uh, ultimately holding out for her. You know, why are you putting out unappealing uh, candidates like uh, you know Susan Rice and Michelle Lujan Grisham and uh, I don't know Bat- Karen Bass and. Other people are out there, so uh, she needs to stop working on that project and work on the state of New Mexico because we are in a crisis of epic proportions uh, at this point, and it seems, uh, I should say, unrecoverable. But she, again, increases the beep stakes Uh, once again. She takes the money and the credit and uh, just about everything that's happening in the state of New Mexico because she's just beefing up that resume despite only working 20, 25 hours at most a week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And any New Mexican can take a look at it. You know, you can go to her website, take a look at her calendar and see what she is or isn't doing every single day that she is, quote unquote, working for New Mexicans. And we've talked about it. But keep in mind, she is collecting a paycheck right now while telling you you cannot collect yours. But don't worry, she's going to have the government help you out and and send a check and she's going to get really mad at Washington if they don't send you another check. And that is how she gets to play arsonist and firefighter. She gets to wreck the economy of New Mexico keep it under her thumb, and then get mad when Washington doesn't right. bow to her to send money that way and say, well, why aren't you here? It is. She is literally the arsonist standing in front of the burling building with a match in her hand, you know, questioning, why aren't the firefighters here? Well, it's because the problem is hers. It can be fixed by her. You know, it, it is amazing. When, you know, when she ran for office, I didn't see a single time where she said, oh, I'm going to do all these things that I promise, but only if Washington lets me. What kind of leader would only lead if somebody else gave her permission to do it. Her power derives from the people of New Mexico, the power that office does. She shouldn't have to worry about Washington, but she blames every failure that is really on her part on either the people of New Mexico or Washington. Now, if it's success, then of course, that was all her. But every failure gets blamed on because we're not listening to her well enough, or because Washington isn't operating like she thought it would. And so it'll be really interesting to see who she blames if she does end up in a Biden administration. I don't know, uh, you know, maybe the UN. I don't know who uh, she would be able to, to point blame at. But when it comes time to uh, take credit for things, as you can see, driving along the Mexico's roads, the governor is, is more than happy to do it.
0: Uh, a couple of infra- pieces of information came out uh, speaking on exactly the very thing that you are saying, which is, look, Michelle Lujan Grisham doesn't want to take uh, any of the blame for the failures, and she's gotten really good, seemingly, at blaming us at every turn. And uh, today she spiked the, or I should say this week, she spiked the football in victory, uh, uh, Larry, which was kind of interesting. And this was her, you can believe it, this was her post-Supreme Court victory Um, And, again, she goes out with how she's going to punish people. And we've seen this week Coy Griffin getting uh, punished and then punished again. And after the Supreme Court ruling, she states the following. The state shouldn't have to fine anybody. Doing the right thing in a crisis shouldn't be something we have to argue about. But anyone endangering the lives of New Mexicans will face the consequences. My thanks, everyone doing their part every single day. And that was, like, within seconds of that ruling coming down, that was prepared she already knew what she wanted to say. I mean, the Democrats are really united and prepared and behind her, you know, dictatorial uh, leadership. Uh, but it is le- leadership uh, uh, nonetheless. But there's more of that attitude that is making, I think, every New Mexican who disagrees with her completely sick.
1: Well, and let me just be honest. This is this is Republican Larry speaking for a little bit. If And I'm sure your audience knows, but let's just spell it out a lot there is a, a network, and I call it the Democrat Enablers Network. It includes, you know, deep state New Mexicans, and people will laugh when I say that, but it's there. It includes secretaries in her administration, employees in those departments, courts, Supreme Court. It includes media. It includes all these people that when she makes a decision or she takes an action, if it were a Republican doing that exact same thing, They would scream, hold it up, file lawsuits, file protests, do everything they can like they're doing to President Trump now to stop that from happening. But since it's her, they abandon all those values, right? You want to shut down school? That's fine. You're on our team. We don't mind that. You want to shut down businesses? That's fine. You're on our team. Go right ahead and do that. You want to see education achievement drop? Oh, okay, that's fine. You want to undermine and raise electric bills on, on working families and put them out of work? Okay, you know, just as long as you're on our team. If there are any number of of obstacles that would normally be in the way, including the Supreme Court, that are not there because it is wholesale political. She is on their team, so they will not criticize her because, one, they're scared, and two, they just feel like any of, I think, the principles that they claimed to have while Susanna Martinez were in office, all of a sudden, I don't know, about in 2019, seemed to just melt away.
0: Susanna Martinez, I think we can uh, actually adequately say, was a better governor in terms of creating a relationship with um, her constituents. Michelle Lujan Grisham has no desire to create a relationship with uh, her constituents, Larry. Uh, that's very different. That isn't the role of government. The role of government is to protect your rights, protect your freedoms, and as well as balance that with the protecting of your health. And your city, as far as crime, notice the dichotomy uh, dichotomy, uh, that exists there. Is we're all about enabling crime, we're all about enabling, you know, uh, hurting people because she's literally spread the coronavirus by forcing people to be more concentrated in certain areas, and people nevertheless have to go. But she doesn't give a crap about people's uh, uh, freedoms or, you know, uh, liberties.
1: Well, let's just be honest. I I, and and I'd be interested to see because I haven't seen it since this thing has started. Has she taken questions or hold a public forum to take unfiltered questions from the public? Has she stood in front of a crowd virtually or literally? Has she done any of that? The most access, if you can call it that, I've seen from her is a a once-a-week press conference. Outside of, you know, uh, uh, picking up the phone, I'm sure, when Joe Biden calls. Outside of her press conferences where about five, ten reporters get to ask one question, maybe two and that she does that once a week, that is it. And she does not want to face New Mexicans right now. She does not want to um, have to, like, look someone in the eye. And and, and that's, that's I, I mean, that's at the bottom of it, right? If you're going to make a decision and you feel confident in your decision, you're perfectly fine looking someone in the eye about that decision. Even if they disagree with you, you're fine with it. The fact that she will not do that tells you everything you need to know and what she thinks about her decisions. She knows that it's just keeping New Mexico under her thumb for, in my mind, one reason and one reason only, to audition for Joe Biden. She can't argue public health. New Mexico's doing worse than that than our neighbors around us. She can't argue that, it, you know, keeping my kids and your kids out of school is following the science. The CDC, I mean, the science is clear that kids should be going back to school in person and it, it, it doesn't make any sense. She's doing these for a political reason to audition for Joe Biden.
0: He is Larry Barron's Power of the Future, powerofthefuture.com, former communications director for Susanna Martinez. Uh, we wish we had Susanna Martinez back, but I'm sure she's saying, yep. Look, look how much they missed me. Larry, thank you for being here. PowertheFuture.com is where you want to go. Get involved with what Larry's doing. Read up on everything that he's talking about. And we'll uh, be joined same time, same place next week here in the Kiva on AM 1600KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. That's rockoftalk.com. Download it now. Back after a quick break.